welcome back everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Edinburgh Podcast and I'm really glad again to be joined by my partner in crime, Dee. Hey everyone. Okay, so today we wanted to talk about a, a subject which I think is very relevant to all of us and we all have experiences, you know, multiple experiences but hopefully not too many experiences dealing with a certain type of person. And the kind of person we're speaking about is the toxic individual. Oh. <laughs> right? So, you know, those individuals that we have to deal with or that we've sometimes come across who may be envious, negative, mm. you know, controlling, whatever it is. Mm. So this podcast is dedicated to those guys. <laughs> okay? And so it's all about how to deal with toxic people. And we've got some real insights mm. that we'd like to share with you. So I guess, let's, let's start at the beginning. Yeah, so when we think about someone being toxic, what do we mean by that? Yeah, so that toxic kind of behaviour, it basically it has, a, it has a range. You know, it can be quite subtle. It can be someone who's microaggressive, who's mm-hmm. undermining us. Like, for example, like, you have an idea, you have something that you're enthusiastic about, you have something that you're embarking on in your life, and that person... That and you know every time you mention these things you're you're excited about, they always have something that's very negative to say. Yeah. You know, and the negativity is is always that's the consistent feature. You know, <laughs> but whatever you say, you're enthusiastic about. They're always negative about it, and um and you can feel it's not out of a place of concern. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they might pretend it is. Yeah. But. It's just like they just attach or they just they want to be negative. They want to kind of bring you down. Um, so that's one end is like microaggressive. Another end is when they're, they're trying to um, sometimes they might like openly like want to have arguments with you, draw you into arguments, like mm-hmm. like want to, um, you know, want, want to like verbally, you know, attack yeah, it's, it's interesting you're saying that. I'm often thinking that people who are toxic, I, uh, my own mentor was saying that um, all behavior is either an expression of love or a cry for love. And powerful. it's interesting. It's powerful, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to really hold that frame or yeah. that way of looking at things in yeah. the moment. But I guess if, if someone really contemplates and meditates and, and takes that into their heart, then you can actually see that people who are negative people who are trying to bring other people down, to the extent that they're doing that to other people, mm. to that extent, they're actually showing that they have insecurities, yeah. you know, that they have, they're actually, you know, very fragile. It's, mm. it's often the sign of a fragile ego. Yeah. 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 It really is. It's, it's a sign that, that they, they, they don't want you to, ha- to have some sort of positivity in your life. It, that the very fact that you're feeling upbeat about something that disturbs them yeah and that's really unfortunate actually because if i'm disturbed by other people's success then i'm going to live a very disturbed life because mm. there'll always be successes in life yeah, yeah, yeah you know so it really is about what we can do internally with our own mentality mm. So we can actually be happy for people, yeah. you know, and to feel good about that. Well, one thing I've seen that makes a big difference mm. is that when my time and energy mm. is being used in, in things that I feel are meaningful, yeah. positive, 
And when I'm investing in, in that or in those projects which are progressing, mm. then because I'm feeling a sense of, um, I don't know, fulfillment yeah. and a sense of um, forward movement, yeah. then it's easier to feel happy for other people in their own forward movement. But if my energy's not engaged properly, if I'm not doing things which are meaningful, mm. but also meaningful and attractive and attainable, mm. right? So if I'm not moving forward on something that's within reach, which is also progressive and meaningful to me, it's because of the vacuum that I'm more easily disturbed when I see other people moving forward. And you'll see that, like... Like when when we're with toxic individuals, sometimes it, it can actually feel like whatever you do, their their kind of toxicness comes out. So sometimes like we might try to be nice to them and somehow they're still negative towards us. Um, you know, sometimes we might try and like, you know, be a bit angry with them and they're even angry with us. It's like they they feed off of that that conflict. I I I was once in this um I was once attending this talk this TED talk, and someone gave a really interesting definition. Um, it was kind of of of, of envy. And it's basically someone who wants to distract you from your goals. That was a really powerful way of looking at it, actually. Yeah. yeah, someone who wants to distract you from your goals. Yeah. So naturally, it it then says to me that that implies something about how we should deal with people. Mm. Who have that kind of toxic mentality? Because what you're, yeah, because what you're describing when you're saying that you're giving time and attention to yourself, not to a toxic person, you're effectively you're not letting them distract you from your goals, mm -hmm. which is what they want to do. And it also explains like why no matter what we do, they are still toxic. It's because they want to distract us. So when we, the more energy we give them, whether it's you know, like trying to be nice to them, so to pacify them, or if it's trying to be aggressive back, whatever energy we give to them, it just feeds off. It just it they just become more toxic because and and they become more aggressive because that's what they want. They want to distract us from our goals. Yeah, it's interesting. So I mean, I can imagine many people listening to this and thinking, yeah, but when I deal with that person who's toxic or envious, mm. I do feel angry. Yeah. I, I do feel annoyed. I do feel like pulling them in their place yeah. as well. You know, yeah. so what would you say to that? Like, because I know we, we discussed this as well. What are some best practices for dealing with people who are toxic? Well, I know for my, myself, I definitely, like, if I feel that kind of energy from someone, uh, it's frustrating. It's, you kind of feel like, why are they being like this? And I've tried so many things and still like this. So I totally get that sense of feeling angry and frustrated i think i think what helps me is to remember that i've got i've got a goal i've got something that i want to achieve and mm -hmm. endeavor and mm -hmm. go for and the more that i you know the more that i kind of you know sit or you know just sit or stew in my uh, negative emotions and also the more that i engage in conflict with that toxic person the less energy i've got to put forward towards my own goals so my aim is always in dealing with with such individuals it's like how do i minimize the disturbance how do i minimize this distraction so i can continue to go forward for my goals yeah and it's interesting because one thing i we one thing we were discussing a bit earlier was about what you do with the emotions yeah 
Yeah. One of the things I've seen which I think is really, really useful is that if you have strong feelings, strong emotions about mm. someone's behavior, it really is important, if possible, to channel that. You, you, you'll need to express it mm. in many cases if you are really annoyed. But you want to find a way that, first of all, you express it. So maybe with close friends, yeah. you know, whoever that is. Maybe you get it off your chest first. Yes. And then in a place where you're a bit more grounded, now you're in a bit of a calmer space. Yeah. Then you can actually still say something. But now you're not going to say it out of rage yeah. and, and anger. Yeah. You're going to be able to say it and access more compassion. And, and, mm. and that for me was very interesting because... Yeah. If we look at it, we all know, and we all know this intuitively, when we are in a good space in life, when we're happy, we're mm. content, we don't go around being toxic to other people. Yeah, yeah. So by inference, the person who's being envious, negative, toxic, and so on, mm. what they're really communicating is that they're suffering. Yes. You know? And one thing I realized for me that really helps is to be able to see behind the mask. Brilliant, yeah. You know, to be able to see that, that to the extent that someone is envious, negative and toxic, to that extent, they're actually advertising their own unhappiness in life. Wow. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. Wow. And I think it's important to see that, not, not, not from the perspective of feeling better than them. Mm. Because if you can see that behind the negative behavior is a suffering individual, it becomes easier to access some authentic compassion and also if it becomes easier to see their suffering the mm. more that we've dealt with our own painful and sad emotions yeah yeah you know like you were saying we really we really have to be real it's not about you know just saying oh yeah they're, they're, you know I, I, I get it they're suffering we have to really acknowledge that and really accept that in our hearts mm -hmm. and we can do that when we've dealt with our you know our frustration, our anger, when we've let out, but not on the individual, because mm. we're just going to increase their suffering, increase their anger. We have to just let it out with, like you're saying, with a close friend who can really understand. Yeah. And of course, the other side is that it doesn't mean that we don't address things. Yeah. yeah. So I remember, <laughs> I remember one time, you know, many years ago, I had to address someone who did something that I thought, that's not acceptable. Mm. But what I, what I, what I, and I didn't do this, I didn't do this consciously, mm. but over the years I started to realize there are certain, there are certain laws of communication. Yes. There are certain laws of communication which allow you to convey the right expression of compassion while at the same time being able to address what needs to be addressed. You know, and, I, and one of the things I found really interesting is that I've seen that when, when this has worked well, you know, mm. when when people have been able to more absorb what's being said and, you know, take it on board. I've noticed that one of the first or foundational things to do is to start with an affirmation of your good intention towards them. Brilliant. Right. So I've seen. So, for example, I remember that there was one person and um, I was giving a presentation, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I, I, know, I know which scenario you're going to bring yeah. up. Yeah. And they. <laughs> And they were going to give a presentation and they were just trying to basically do this kind of whole one-upmanship on me. And I was like, dudes, really? Yeah, so, I, I remember, like, you would make a point and then they would have to be... Uh, 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 and, and also at this point, and yeah, they'd have yeah. to add something to show that they're also, you know, like, intellectual or whatever. Actually, no, you're thinking about a different... Oh, okay. <laughs> I know what you're thinking about. You're thinking about the US situation. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, we'll come to that. But, um, <laughs> but 
this other situation I was thinking about. So what I did is I remember when I communicated with that person, the first thing I did was just to, just to affirm, look, mm. I really appreciate you. I appreciate this about you. And so it was affirming that my intention is coming from a good place, uh, right? Yeah. I recognize you. I see you know, your potential and so on. Mm. And this is why I'm addressing what I'm addressing. So and it's incredible. And I've seen this with my mentor as well. Wow. You know, what, my main mentor. He, his, com- his communication was incredibly impactful. And one of the things that he did is he would often, not in every case, because sometimes the, it was, it was, the relationship was such that everyone knew that you know, he, was there, he was on their side. Mm. But in some cases, what he would do is he would start by framing the, com- the, the good intention th- first, right? Mm. So, you know, so I really, you know, I'm just sharing this because um, you know, I really want you to be all that you can be. And for that, this reason, I feel the need to express or address this. See, that's amazing because he's literally setting the context. That's it. Yeah. That's it, yeah. So, so they know that what you're saying, it's within this context, within this boundary of I care about you. And that also relates to, you know, kind of the self-esteem, I value you. Yeah. And it's interesting because if we take, if we... I can see the connection now, right? So if mm. we if we say that all behavior is an expression of love or a call for love, yeah. then when you address bad behavior, having set the context that, you know, I'm on your side and, and I have your best interests at heart, yeah. then you've actually directly addressed the need, right? Wow. So you've, 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 so you've started at the, at the very thing that the person was calling out for. Mm. I'm calling out for attention. I'm calling out for appreciation. So it's like, okay... You've done your, but you're calling out for it the wrong way. Yeah. So they're being rude or negative, but you're styling it by actually setting the context. So look, we've been working together. You're brilliant at this, this, and this. I really appreciate you, which is why I just want to address this or bring this up. And what I saw also, so the first point was setting the context. And, I, and this is actually interesting because, and we'll talk about this in a future session. This is also a, a universal way of looking at, at certain things. Mm. So you start the context. So we set the context about what's, why we're having the conversation we're having. Then you actually address the issue. Mm. And what I found is so context, then addressing the issue. And I found there's a third stage. So you either address mm. the issue, which is stage two. And then you talk about what will the negative outcomes for them if they continue down that path. Yes. You know, or you address the issue again, second stage, and then the third stage, you talk about the positive benefits that they can achieve by moving in the right direction, by you know maybe adjusting their behavior. So it's so it's it's setting the context that we're on their side. However, you yeah. want to frame that, you know, whether it's you know I really appreciate the way you work, or whether it's that I really appreciate something about your character, mm. or it's about historically I really appreciate how you've been there for me. Mm. So you set the context. Then the second stage is all right. Now that the context, now that you know I'm on your side, mm, right? Mm. Then it's then it's then you get into the point that you actually want to address. And therefore, mm. I was a little bit concerned when X, Y, and Z happened. And the thing about the way that you said that mm-hmm. is, it is still said with so much consideration of the other person. Mm-hmm. You're not considering, oh, I was, you know, this is how um, I felt, you know, upset. This is how, you know, you're not putting yourself in the center you're still showing your consideration for that person saying Mm. i was a bit surprised when you did this or or even you know i've seen that you're such a great individual so when you're acting in this way 
it, there's a disconnect. That's interesting. I yeah, I remember actually. There was a there was a, there was a situation, and um, the person it was like you know really very very compassionate person, and he was addressing someone who was junior to him, like a, like a young person, and um, he 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 mentioned something which really struck me, and, and you just touched upon it. Because when he was addressing the bad behavior, he was pointing out how that person's bad behavior was was below their own yeah, but below their caliber really. It's like you know yeah. you're better than this. Like you know I know that you you got so much more potential. So I'm surprised when you yeah. do this. Are you aware that if you keep going in this direction, how it's gonna it's gonna take away from your own your own kind of greatness, your mm. own capability, your own potential as well. Mm. And and I think that that was and I and I've seen if you look at it. And this is not to say that any particular approach is always going to be 100% successful because mm. obviously there's nuances, right? So mm. we may set the context wrong. Yeah. We may set the context, but then the person's like, yeah, but you're saying you care, but I've seen you do this, this, and this, which shows that you don't care. So we may undermine ourselves. Yeah. But if we assume that everything else is neutral or mm. positive, mm. I found that this approach really does have some power. You know, But I've seen that this approach works when, first of all, we've kind of, We've calmed down ourselves a yeah. bit, right? So yeah. let's say we are upset. We have to maybe step back, mm. you know, cool down, let off steam, yeah. express what we need to express. And I find that when we are more in a grounded space, mm. when we're more calm, then we can go and actually say, you know what, this is this is a concern, you know? I think it's powerful how you expressed how we speak to um the person because it you can really see that's where the compassion comes in Mm -hmm. because we're not we're actually we're not seeing their behavior or the toxic behavior we're kind of trying to see what's behind that behavior that's a good point and speak to that and that's actually the underlying roots of what's going on yeah and you know this actually links to something else so you know both you and i have been meditating for many years and i find that when people have a certain kind of practice like that, something that mm. allows them to be more conscious, more mindful, then because they're used to seeing a bit more deeply, mm. right? That's what real deep meditation, you know, especially those of a kind of spiritual nature, it helps you to kind of see more deeply. It becomes mm. part of your daily practice to go a bit deeper beneath yeah. the surface. Yeah. And because, because someone has that as part of their daily practice, mm. it also becomes a way of, thought a mm. way of being right that that kind of orientation towards looking beneath the surface yeah. and for someone who practices that it becomes a, like an internal habit mm. and because they're practicing in going a bit deeper daily mm. seeing beneath the surface then when they meet challenging situations that default mentality of going deeper allows them to more easily move beyond the superficial behavior to see what's behind it and that can really change the way that they that they feel about things as well it can really change the way that we approach things mm-hmm. and also the other person will feel it like they'll feel we're not it's really important that we don't identify them i mean as someone who who is harsh or we have to actually see that the suffering beneath that behavior mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and there's also it's also very interesting because even when people are being envious if you can actually hold that space <clears throat> whereby there's a healthy sense of your own self-compassion, actually, because yeah. you have to take care of yourself as well, and you're able to, with integrity, address an issue, 
it sends a very, very powerful message to the individual. Yeah. And especially people who are seeing what's going on and who have a little bit of you know awareness, they can kind of see, wow, this person was acting like this, but this person didn't allow themselves to be brought down to that other individual's level. Yes. Because again, that's when we look at kind of envy, <clears throat> is a sense of wanting to distract the, the object of envy from their goals. But we've, we've not allowed that to happen. Instead, by us acting from a place of security, That's by it. us acting from a place of being our best selves, mm-hmm. we've actually inspired the other person to also act as their best self. Yeah, I've seen that it's much easier to do this if you're if you live in such a way that you're more grounded. Yeah. It's really interesting, I think, and so I was giving, um, oh, I was speaking to a group of people recently, and I was, we were talking about the, the importance of digesting your own experiences, right? So we all go through different experiences in life. And if an individual is able to really come to terms with different experiences, and, you know, and that means really looking in the positive memories is not just a negative thing, then because they're more, they're more in a good space, because they're doing the right self-care, because they're, they're, they're reaching out consciously to get positive and progressive association, because they're doing that, it gives them more capacity yeah. to deal with challenging individuals. Absolutely. But if your batteries are drained already... And I see this a lot. People who sometimes get into arguments like serial mm. conflicts, you know, and you look at their life and you kind of see, yeah, of course you're getting into conflicts all the time because mm. internally you're a bit of a mess. There's a lot of disharmony and you're mm. not addressing your own issues. So therefore you get easily triggered yes. by what someone else um, you know, says or does. Mm. But people who are more grounded within themselves and, and it is it is something that requires time and energy mm. you know and introspection but people who are more grounded they are less they're less reactive mm. and they they find it easy to forgive they find it easier to let go of things and to your point they find it easier to avoid being distracted by other people's negative behavior Powerful. which is really really interesting you know i've often seen that in life if you leave a vacuum mm. then negative things can come into that vacuum mm. so there's a there's a wider piece in all of this, which is about making sure that you consciously put the positive things in your life rather than leaving space so that negative things can come in and flood your situation. And that's brilliant because if we're always moving towards our goals, our healthy and positive goals, then when someone else comes in and they want to bring some conflicts, they, they've got that envy, we'll literally think, actually, I don't have the space to give a lot of time to this. Because I've got to move forwards towards my own goals. So naturally, you're going to actually minimise the amount of distraction that conflict brings into your life. You're going to want to seek the most efficient means to take care of this, of this uh, toxicity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's also very much related to how we've been developing our own, I guess you could call it inner strength, mm. inner compassion, it's it's the things that we do outside of the conflict which really come to our aid when we're undergoing some kind of challenging situation. To be honest, actually, I mean, the way I've, I've seen it in my own life, most conflict resolution takes place within our own hearts. That's a really powerful point. Can you, can you expand on that? Yeah, like, 
sometimes when I'm feeling this, uh, this toxic energy coming towards me, and I, I get angry, I get upset, but I know that if I can actually dissolve this sense of having to fight that other person within my own self, within my own consciousness, then I've actually also dissolved the extent to which they affect me. Mm-hmm. I have to not feel like I'm fighting them, like they're my enemy. I actually have to, to, to get out of that mindset and actually, actually when I understand they're, they're frustrated, they're sad, they're suffering, then I stop feeling like they're someone that I have to fight. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So what you're saying is that people who are very, very much at peace within themselves, yeah. they, they actually become less emotionally reactive to what other people are doing yeah. or are not doing. I see that a lot, actually. It stops you also from feeding that fire. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying that there's, you know, people have arguments and, what we, you know, we can feel their frustration and we vent our frustration onto that person and then that person vents their increased frustration back onto us. And it goes backwards and forwards in this heated argument. Mm -hmm. So we have to try to actually step out of that space. We have to deal with that conflict within within ourselves to some extent. You have to work on minimising it and therefore not feeding the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting, actually. So in essence, if I'm too easily disturbed by other people's behaviour, good or bad, it, it, it can often indicate that there's a certain wound a certain, you know, and we talked about this in the self-esteem spectrum, the idea that if you have healthy self-esteem, then if other people don't treat you so well, then it's like you don't feel that actually I'm, you're a bad person mm. because you feel actually, no, I'm valuable. So if they don't treat me well, then I just hang out with other people who will treat me well. Yeah. But if I already have low self-esteem, if I already deep down have an inferiority complex, then when someone does something to me externally it will trigger a wound that will, that already exists, yeah. which is why my reaction will be so, you know, so exaggerated. Yeah, because when we're reacting, we're not, we're not actually only just reacting to what happened, like what that person did or said to us. We're also reacting to the pain in our own hearts. Yeah, yeah. That is the overreaction. Absolutely, absolutely. There's also one other... Um, important thing that comes and we have that peace within our own hearts is that we become very 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 efficient at dealing with toxic behaviors directed towards us mm-hmm. because as we mentioned like if we deal with toxic behavior with further frustration we just feed that fire and we increase that toxic behavior mm-hmm. also if we if we kind of if we kind of underreact if we have this kind of sense of low self-esteem and maybe feel like we deserve the toxic behaviour, that can also increase the, and feed the fire. But if we have a peaceful sense in our own hearts, we have a sense of our own identity, we have a sense of our own goals, our values, we have a sense that also this other person is suffering, it can actually help us to act with the most efficient way, which is really just a kind of a, a firmness and a pleasantness at the same time. Yeah, that was interesting. So this idea, because sometimes people think about compassion as being, you know, you're kind of some weak person and you're allowing yourself to be mistreated. But it's very interesting. I, there was something I was looking at and it was um, something related to psychology. And it was saying that just the fact that you address it, mm. just the fact that you brought up an issue you'll see that one thing, it doesn't even have to require you to shout or scream. No. Just the fact that you took someone to one side and said, um, 
I was surprised that you did this. That they will remember that actually, mm. and and is it's, it's again looking at it in three categories. You can go into the mood of being, um, let's see, su- overly submissive, and you feel really like yeah. just rage and, and resentment. You don't want to do that. You can go into this mode of being overly aggressive, mm-hmm. and then you kind of lose control and so on, and it can cause longer term damage to you, your reputation. Or you can go into assertive mode, and with the assertive mode you actually end up feeling much better about yourself mm. because you still addressed it, but you didn't bring yourself down to the other person's negative level, mm. you know? And, and, so, and, and it does, that one thing sends such a strong message to other people as well about who you are. And it actually, it, it's actually a sign of someone who's got a lot of inner strength. It's such a powerful point. And I've got, um, I've got a question for you on this, mm-hmm. assertiveness. Because how do we be assertive, but at the same time, we're not trying to say to the other person, you know, you know you're, there's something wrong with you, you're the problem. We're still seeing it as they're acting from a place of suffering. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that here, it's, it's the words that we use which are really important. Mm. Because we do recognise that they're not, the, they're not their envy, right? Yeah. They have envy or they're expressing envy at this time, but that doesn't mean that that, it doesn't label them forever to be like that. Now, at the same time, that's how they're acting at the moment. So what we're Mm. doing is we're addressing the behavior, Mm. but we're not saying, we're not labeling the person as being like this forever. So it's like, you know, so this is what was done and this is how it came across. It's not, you're like this, you're like that. It's like, well, this is what you did. And this is how it came across. So you're, it's, it's again that kind of awareness, that, that kind of descriptive behaviour without turning it into like a, like a insulting, name-calling kind of exchange. That's brilliant. And then I, I also, I suppose as well, that when you present to them the kind of the solution, or maybe, you know, like you said, the suggestion of either what they could do in the future or what they could try to avoid in the future. You're also doing it from a place of that solution is what will bring them closer to their own goal. That, yeah, and that's interesting because this it's a subtle thing, but I've seen that that's really powerful. When you address something and it's about them. Yeah. Meaning that it's about what they're doing and how it may impede or get in the way of their own yes. cherished goals. Or how if they do something differently, it will help them more to achieve the goals that they want. Yes. And it's, and I found that oftentimes it works much better when we take that approach than just talking all about ourselves. Yeah. There's an interesting point that's made in um, in the Mahabharata. It's a really great epic, one of the oldest epics known in humankind. And it makes a point in there that people are generally self-interested. You know, so... What you're doing, in a sense, is you're addressing the tendency of most people. So I may not care so much about other people, but if if I'm being addressed and I'm being told that if you carry on this way, this is how it could affect the things that you're interested in doing, Mm. then that's much more likely to leave an impact than if I just say, you should stop this because I'll be unhappy, you know? Wow. So it's not really, it's not really dealing with, with the reality, which is the person has their own agenda, they're after their own outcomes. So, if we recognise that we can, if we recognise that fact, then we can point out that yeah, if you carry on like this, 
this is where it may end up for you. So it's not about me at all. It's about if you carry on like this, then the goal that you're trying to achieve, let's say in your business or in your career, that negative reputational damage may slow you down in achieving your own outcomes. Gosh. You know? In one sense, you actually, when you're expressing the solution that way, you're actually acting as a sounding board. Mm-hmm. You know, you're reflecting back to them the potential results of their ongoing negative behavior. And another thing just came to mind when we do it, when we express things like that, what happens is it doesn't give anything for them to push back on. Yeah. Because we haven't put ourselves in the picture. It's like, it's just, it's all about you. You can, you can carry on, but I'm just concerned that if you do, this may, this may be where things will end up for you. You know, so it's not like, you know, I don't like it. You need to stop. If you don't stop, I'm going to, you know, so, well, this is how it could end up for you. So there's nothing, for, there's no, no one else is in the frame for them to push back against. It's just, this is how your behavior may impede your own cherished goals or outcomes. It's so brilliant because you, one's completely identified, you know, the, the transgression that occurred, but one's done it in such a way that you've not set yourself up as the enemy of the person with the envy. Yeah. You've yeah. actually set yourself up as someone who's facilitating them to move closer to their own goals. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I see that there's another side to this. So you've got how we frame it. So the context first. So this is what happened. And, and the context has to also be some kind of expression of our good intention towards them. Mm. It's really crucial. Then you address the issue and you address the, the, the results of that issue if it's not kind of addressed properly if it doesn't you know move in the right direction so one thing is the framing then second level is the words you use obviously everyone has to choose their words but the third aspect is the tone because what I've also seen is that's a a key part of it so even if you say the right things but the tone is is wrong because you are still too you know really burning with anger then that also sends a message as well, which can, um, which can get in the way of the positive outcomes that we're trying to achieve. So could you give an example? Yeah, so, yes, I'll, like I said, I'll give an example of something that happened years ago. So this situation, I was giving a presentation, I was going to give a presentation and someone else was going to give a presentation. And um, what they did, <laughs> they... They were trying, they just, this person is just so competitive. So what happened was they were trying to find out what presentation I was going to give just so that they could outdo it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. So, so I remember having the, you know, they called me, oh, I just want to, you know, ask, you know, what kind of presentation you're going to give, you know, just so <laughs> we don't overlap, something like that. And then I, I told them, yeah. just very open, just very open kind of person. Yeah. And then they're like, cool. And then when we actually had the, um, the event yeah so I, I gave the presentation and I actually I think I was in the room when they were giving their presentation yeah and they it was completely different to what they'd said <laughs> and the whole thing became this huge super elaborate thing you so, know? so you mean so like on so when they ask you what mm. presentation you're going to give the yeah. day before the event and you told them and then they told you what presentation they were going to give. They were just trying to, yeah, they, they would kind of play down what they were going to do. <laughs> I don't even think it was a day I don't even know if it was a day before the event I can't remember when okay. it was but the point was yeah. that there was a kind of deliberate one-upmanship. Uh-huh. 
So I remember communicating with that person yeah. um, afterwards, and I just and I just pointed out, I said, look, you should know that we're you know always a well wisher, etc., etc. So you set the context. Yeah, set the context, and then I actually pointed out. So then, this is what happened. So you asked me about the presentation I was going to give. I explained yeah. this. You said you were going to do this, and then this is what I saw. All right. And so I actually pointed out to him, I said that, you know, it came across like this. And, that, and I think that's important because sometimes we, we, we communicate in such a way that we jump to conclusions. Mm. So why I deliberately wanted to use wording which gave room for there to be a counter narrative. In other words, I wanted to explain this is how it came across just in case the person could then come back and say, yep, I know it come, came across that way. Yeah. But actually... This is what I was trying to do, etc., etc. Wow. Or you know, something came up which meant I had to change the presentation because these yeah. things are real; they they yeah. can happen. Yeah. And I think it's always important. And this is again easier when we're not we're not too um, we're not too wired. You know, we're not too volatile. We're more grounded. Yeah, when we're more grounded, then you can then you you can give room for that dialogue. Yeah. You're not scared of of an exchange. You know, so you're able to say this is what I saw from my perspective. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I'm owning it. Hmm. And that, that gives room for the person to come back and say, yeah, that yes, that's correct, or no, there's other factors that you weren't that you weren't aware of, you know. So here, I, I, I broke it down like that. And I just pointed out to them how this kind of mentality of trying to like one upmanship and so on, it could actually ultimately lead to a negative view of them. Ooh, right? Yeah. That you know, you're seen as someone who can't be trusted. Is is so is trying to, is seemingly part of the team and working, you know, as part of the collective to push forward some project. But actually, you're working for your own more selfish brand, and then you actually want to do it at the expense of other people, etc. So it, it was just incredible, and it, and it really taught me that there's an art to communication. And I think what's interesting is when people, especially people who really have been working on themselves, right, through whatever. Mm kind of practices especially people who've been working on themselves deeply what i've seen is that if they if they've really developed a deep sense of compassion some of the things that we've spoken about on this podcast they tend to do it but they do it spontaneously so they're kind of they're so they're so well versed and they're just doing it naturally and it's not even well versed it's, it's uh. just that they because they've got such a deep compassion because that's how they think yeah. Therefore, it's reflected in the way that they address things, uh-huh. the way that they express themselves, the way that they interact with other people. You know, like yeah. we said all, also, when you and I were speaking earlier, we were speaking about how some people, you can actually tell something very significant about their mentality by their speech. Yeah. So someone may, may be talking about a relationship and they may be talking about how they may be glorifying their partner, mm-hmm. but when you're listening to it, the glorification is all about what that person, what their partner does for them. Uh, yeah. there, there's nothing in that conversation at all about what they, you know, how they give back to their partner. And it's like, that's interesting because what it, can, what it may signify, and I'm not saying it's a categorical, yeah. but in some cases what it may signify is that the person's mentality in that relationship is all about what they get. Yes. And nothing, nothing whatsoever is on the radar about what they should be giving or what the needs of their partner is, etc. So it's always that's usually a bad sign. So that so that person's speech is 
a likely indication of how they think. Exactly. In many cases. I'm yeah. not saying categorical. Yeah. You have to see over time yeah. whether that's a consistent way of speech mm. for that particular individual. But yeah, it was just some really interesting reflections there. So we talked about the importance of framing a conversation which is compassionate by expressing up front the good intention, the appreciation. That's one thing. And then going into addressing the issue and then addressing the outcome, positive or negative, right? Positive outcome if they behave in a way which is positive. The negative outcome if they carry on with the negative behavior. But it's all about them. That's one thing. We talked about the importance of having the right tone. We talked also about the importance of working ourselves so that we are moving in a positive direction in life, so that we feel good about ourselves, we feel good about where our lives are going. And that's the biggest protection against envious people. It's not, so the biggest protection against envious people is actually a sense of fullness within our own lives, whereby because we're so positively charged, then when other people's negativity comes in, it just, it just basically just, it just brushes off us. It doesn't really, it can't stick to us because of our positivity and because of our sense of positive progress and our sense that we're moving forward in life towards, as we said before, maybe we'll do a whole podcast on this, because we're moving towards goals which are both meaningful and achievable. You don't want to set yourself up for success and um, for failure, sorry. You don't want to set yourself up for failure by having a goal which is completely unattainable and you also don't want to set yourself up for failure by having goals which are other people's goals but which don't really resonate with you as a person. They're not meaningful for you and they're not necessarily aligned to who you are and they're not necessarily aligned to where you are in your life at this particular point in time. You know, so yeah, there was some interesting research that found that, and this is so interesting because it, it mirrors it mirrors one of the like a really interesting concept that's mentioned in the, in an ancient text in the Bhagavad Gita and um, this concept is that it's actually the endeavor is is more significant to focus on than the result so the idea here is that when people have meaningful goals they actually derive a greater sense of fulfillment by feeling that they're progressing towards their goals than even the point where they actually achieve their goal. That's phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's very, very interesting. Mm. And, some, um, and in psychology, they found that what happens is in the progress towards your goals, you, you actually release certain positive hormones in the body and it, it triggers and enhances and reinforces positive emotions. So I thought that was just really, really incredible. And it's actually another thing, and I was explaining this to some people recently. There was a study that I read, and they looked at the children of parents who had praised their children for results, right? So that when the parents really praised their children, whenever the child got the you know, so-called correct result, they compared those children who'd been brought up that way to children of parents who had praised their children for the quality and the effort of their endeavor. Mm. And it's so interesting. What they found was the children whose parents praised them just only when they got the right so-called right outcomes, those children, and, and it's very intuitive and makes sense, the children were more risk-averse 
They would only do something if they were sure that it would work because their their self-identity and their self-esteem had become um, tied or bound to the outcome. Mm. Now, now, look, let's be real. In, in the real world, in many cases, you may work your socks off, but there may be other factors. Yeah which mean that you don't get the result. Let's look at what's happening now, right? We've been in the mm. we've been in the pandemic for months, right? Yeah. There are some people who started businesses and they and they worked hard. They they did everything properly, invested properly, yeah. you know, had the right staff, had the bi- right business strategy, but then coronavirus came and despite all their best efforts, and it wasn't a lack of effort, it wasn't a lack of planning, but factors outside of their control just really worked against them. Mm. So now imagine that your self-esteem and your self-identity mm. is tied to the result. And that result is based upon so many factors that you have absolutely no control over. That's rough. Yeah. That's rough. So those those children who were brought up in that way, they tended to be more risk averse. Yeah. They tend to be actually have more fragile self-esteem. Yeah. And when they when they when things did not work out, they were completely devastated. Yeah. And there was also a strong fear of failure, mm-hmm. consciously or unconsciously. Now compare that to the children who were appreciated by the quality of their endeavor. Those children, they were just consistently determined, wow. right? They, their self-esteem was not dependent upon the outcome. So when things didn't work out, they, they were much more agile. They'll be always motivated. Exactly. Exactly. They were more agile. They could look at the situation. Okay, it didn't work out. What, what do we need to adjust so we can just try again? Mm. Had greater motivation, greater resilience, greater determination, more optimism, more fluid in their thinking, more adaptable. So many benefits, wow. you know, and it's just like, and, and this was what really hit, knocked it out for me. Besides all of those things, the irony is the young people who are brought up in that, in, in that kind of culture at home mm. where they were appreciated for the endeavor they actually over over time always achieved more outcomes phenomenal than the people who were only praised for the outcome can wow. you can you believe that the people who are praised for the outcome they sound like i'm like it, it's going to be difficult for them really to keep going for their goals they'll so much identify with any kind of failure yeah yeah that's that that's the irony of it all if you're attached to, to the to the outcomes itself, if you're dependent, I guess that's a proper word, then the other side of the equation is also going to be there. Yeah. To the extent that we're dependent upon things working out a certain way, to that extent we're crushed if for any reason they don't, we don't hit that particular desired state or desired end state. So yeah, it was just very, very interesting. And it really resonated with that very powerful wisdom in the Bhagavad Gita. Also, it sounds like um, such individuals who have got their self-esteem tied to this kind of external result, it sounds like there's also a recipe for resentment there if you see someone else has achieved that result. Absolutely. In fact, sometimes, this is, again, unfortunate, sometimes what would happen is even if they achieved the result, Mm. they'd still be unhappy. Because the journey was so, uh, let's say, nervous. Oh. There was so much anxiety in, in the journey. And when they achieved the result, the, the feeling was short-lived. Mm. It, it tended to be more a sense of relief that they're not being crushed by a failure rather than the ability to really 
feel good about the outcome that they that they'd got to. Of so on so many levels, it was just not that it was just not the best approach. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, just some thoughts on that. So yeah, as I said, we talked about the structure of a of a compassionate communication. And and I liked it because it's compassionate, but it's still firm because you're still addressing the issue, yeah. but you're not addressing it in it from a position of weakness and just disturbance. So, framing first of all the fact that your your good intention towards a person, yeah. addressing what was done, addressing the outcomes. That's one point. Second, having the right mood. Yeah. Right. So that means that will come across in the tone, in the body language. The third. To create, you know, to create the context for that conversation, is leading a life where you are progressing towards meaningful goals. Mm. So you're 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 working on being at your best, mm. you know, so that when you hit challenges, you're hitting the challenge at a hundred miles an hour, so you can break through it, rather than two miles an hour, where when you hit the challenge, you're completely brought brought to a standstill. And then the other thing was talking about how to channel. And deal with our emotions.、Mm. So when we feel a certain way, we don't we don't pretend it's not there, right? It's not like you know you feel angry and someone just tells you don't be angry. It's like but I feel angry. It's not it's not it's not as simple as just <laughs> saying don't. It's not something you just switch yeah, off. Yeah. But being able to talk through that with friends, family,、mm. so you you let that emotional steam out. Yeah. So that now you're a bit more calm and grounded, and that's the that's the space ideally. Sometimes there are emergencies and you have to do things on the fly, but that's the space ideally where you're now grounded enough to have that conversation in a calm and mature way, you know. And I've seen that when people do that, because it's so, it's so incredibly rare for people to be that mature, that when they do that, it really sends a strong message. And people who are sharp, not everyone will appreciate it,、yeah. right? But people who are sharp and who are mature themselves. They look at that and they think, yeah, that's really, really good, you know. And of course, I do really emphasize here: there are certain exceptions where you, where one may need to be firm in the moment. So don't. I'm not saying it's it, there's only one way of addressing、mm. challenging behavior from other people, but oftentimes, especially in the professional environment, in the social environment, the more we can deal with things in a grounded, mature, and emotionally stable way, the more powerful we come across as. Okay, so yeah, we just want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. We love you guys. Thank you for all the、um, reviews and you know sharing the podcast. Please, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe. We are on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple.、Um, where else are we on Anchor?、Um, yeah, please tune in. We're just trying to share some insights that can make your lives easier and can make your way wiser. Okay. Anything you want to say?、Um, yeah, we look forward to you guys joining us for next time. Take care. All the best. Bye.